Hello and welcome to When Worldviews Collide, a radio series led by Pastor Barbara Holmes Brackett that details the differences between a Christian and a socialistic worldview. And today we're going to be discussing her own book, actually, that she wrote herself um, that discusses a lot of what we've previously brought up about worldview in this series. But she wanted to get more specific and more in tune with what her book um, details about God, about witty inventions, about money, and about spirituality. So, Barma, this is all you today. Tell me what you got. Wow, wow, wow. Are you here for a week? <laughs> this, is, this is exciting for me because I know, I know that God has so much more for us than we've even imagined. Imagine Jesus said, even greater things than I have done you will do because of my Father who is in heaven. And we talked last week about the fact that that he wants us to pray. He wants us to be in close communion with him. And we talked about that song about leaning against the Lord and and feeling his heartbeat. And that's so important. And he is waiting for us to take up the banner that he has established for her, for us. The book that I wrote is Economic Alchemy, The Key to Unlimited Wealth. That's based on a scripture uh, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And it's biblical principles of wealth transference. That is the title and the subtitle. And what it actually is about is biblical economics and bi- biblical culture building, totally based on biblical principles, not on the things that we've learned in school and and not in the current paradigm of economics that are that are being taught in the schools now, because if you look at it in very closely, the economic system that is being used in this nation and in the educational systems in this country and all over the world is pretty much diametrically opposed to what a, a biblical economic system looks like. I started studying this stuff about actually 32 years ago. And was amazed, amazed, amazed at how drastically off we were on what God was asking for us. So the thing I'd like to start off with in getting us into that subject and may, maybe thinking a little bit, nah, not a little bit, a whole lot out of the box, <laughs> is, is how does God want us to to commune with him and what are, what do our actions need to to be in order to please him. I thank you very much. You actually did the cover for that book. That's right, I did. And it's a a light bulb and it's witty inventions. And that's exactly in Proverbs 8 what God says he's going to give us. So amazing, God promises way back before Christ even came that he was going to give us witty inventions. And I, I've, I've been intrigued by, by that scripture verse for decades and decades. And I've delved into understanding what's that all about? What, what, what really is that all about? But I want to go to the New Testament and to the book of Mark. And I want to go to Mark 11, where Jesus has is, is just before... It's just before he's crucified, just after the entrance into into Jerusalem, where they were throwing the palm leaves on the ground, and we sub we we celebrate that as Palm Sunday. But I want to go to what happened 
after that, at the end of the day and then the next day. Jesus was in Jerusalem. And then the next morning, it says, the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. That, but, but there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the di- disciples heard him say that. I've kind of years and years read that and kind of thought, Jesus must have been a little bit out of sorts. <laughs> you know, you ever get kind of in a funk where you kind of don't feel on your game? Of course. And, and I'm thinking, maybe Jesus was like that, but I had to repent when I saw what he was really, what he was really had planned. So they spent the night, and in the next morning, it says in verse 20, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up overnight. Hmm. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and explained, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. They sound so shocked. Well, wouldn't you be? I mean, it was fine and had leaves on the day before. Mm-hmm. And then there it is, dead. I mean, that just doesn't happen in the natural for something to be healthy one day and by the next morning it's dead. Right. Then Jesus t- said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. When was the last time you saw a mountain floating by? You know, I've been to New Hampshire quite a lot and I don't think I've ever seen a full mountain move. Yeah, me neither. Let alone toss into the sea. Well, so let's let's kind of read on and see what he was saying. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. Hmm. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. I don't know if you remember last week, we talked about the same thing. It says that, it says that same thing in the Lord's Prayer. We have to forgive or we're not going to have what we're asking given to us. But there's something that's really important here that the Lord is asking of us. This, he wasn't in a bad mood. (laughs) He was trying to get them to see something that was going to be absolutely essential for the job that they had before them. Don't forget, maybe right now, They had just been, oh, king of the Jews, you are great, you are wonderful, Hosanna, Hosanna. But he knew what was going to happen. He knew that they were going to take him and they were going to crucify him. And that all those who had been so excited about his being coming down down the streets on the the donkey, that they would be saying, crucify him, Mm. crucify him, and let his blood be on the heads of our children, on, on us and our children, which was a death sentence. And they all knew that. They understood covenant, which our culture does not understand. If you break covenant in the word, in, in, in God's plan, you die. 
That's, that's why God will never, ever, ever break covenant with his people. Mm. The fig tree should not have had any fruit. Right. It wasn't the season. Mm-hmm. So Jesus wasn't stupid. He knew when you were supposed to have figs on a tree and when you weren't. But he expected that fig tree to have fruit. Why? Because he was hungry. And he expected that fig tree to operate not in the natural scheme of things, not in the natural time frame, but in his supernatural time frame. And it wasn't about the fig tree. It was about us. Mm. He is saying to us, I'm not especially impressed when you do what comes naturally. Whoopie ding. You are not impressing me whatsoever. But if you enter into the spiritual realm and take the authority that I'm giving you, then you can say to the mountains, move. And I don't think, you know, you're not the only one that hasn't seen a mountain flying by. (laughs) I haven't either. So the thing is, I'm thinking that just like Jesus said, greater things than I have done, you will do because I go to the Father. I'm thinking that we haven't stepped into this yet. We haven't stepped into walking in the supernatural on a daily, minute by minute, hour by hour time where we're not, we're not crushed by what we see going on and we're not moved by what the enemy is doing, but we're only moved by what God is saying and doing. Mm. That that's what we're moved by, and that's what we believe. We believe that we believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he's saying to us, I need for you to not operate in the natural. Mm. Anybody can do that. Oh, great. Isn't that wonderful? He's saying, <laughs> he's saying, have the faith. And one another time he says, have the faith of a mustard seed. Mustard seed. I can remember when I was a kid, I had this little, ne- I had this necklace and it had a little magnifying something or other. And inside of that magnifying thing, there was a tiny, tiny round beige seed. And that was a mustard seed. You couldn't wear it around your neck unless you had a magnifying glass all around it. It was so tiny. Mm. But he said, if you'll have only this little tiny bit of faith then you will able to do exactly what what he's saying here. Move mountains. Do more than raising people from the dead. My One of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 10, 7 and 8. The kingdom of God is here. Go therefore, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Freely you have received, freely give. It's not like he's saying you have to do something or buy this. He's saying that it's freely given to you. All you have to do is believe that he is mm. and believe that he rewards you when you step into that level of faith. God is saying, I'm waiting for you, like we talked about last week. I'm waiting for you to see my kingdom principles, how my kingdom works. And don't forget, the word kingdom means king's domain. And the book of Revelation is all about 
taking the lid off, revelation means literally to take the lid off, that Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what it means. It's saying, it's saying this book is about the, the taking the lid off of the truth that Jesus Christ is King of Kings. The only thing is, we're not operating as if he were King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're operating as if we had no say and no ability to say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Right. And so next week we are going to perhaps maybe continue, I think, because there is some more stuff in your book um, that we have not yet covered in the series and that you didn't quite get to today. So we can go a little bit further into those aspects of your book. And then we will move on to a more in-depth analysis of socialism. So thank you so much for joining us this week. You can tune in to our next segment next week at the same time and the same place. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.